Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, a slight tangent, the crappy quiz, and you had to be there. You have to be there, like, but I wish I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Ronan Agarra, good morning to you. Hi, Adrian. How are, you, how are you keeping you in uh, Northampton? No, no, no. We're uh, going at lunchtime. So just ah, um, uh, a little bit of a loosener this morning and then on our way. Um, it's freezing over here at the minute, but I hope it's better in Northampton. But well, if uh, uh, if it's if over here is anything to go by, it's probably something similar. We, yeah, yeah. We just need the game to go ahead, you know. Is there a chance it won't? No, I don't know, but just we don't need. We already had one uh, debacle going to uh, Ulster and then mm. arriving there and then no chance of a game and then getting in a bus. So we've kind of had our had our fun time on the bus. We could do with just hopefully a, a straightforward um, travel experience this weekend. Do you sit at the front of the bus, Rog? Is, is it unlike your playing days where you're probably at the back messing or is it is it a, is it a middle of the bus? Or what, do you, is it a assigned seats? Or no, you, no. Yeah, you know, it's front of the bus, yeah, when you're meant to be responsible. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well worded. <laughs> what, um, what was your first thought when you saw the Ireland squad yesterday? Um, yeah, it shows the quality involved, obviously. There's some, um, you know, I think, is it uh, James Hume, uh, Joey Carberry, um, uh, Kieran Treadwell, um, and there was what thirty-seven names, isn't there? Yeah, it shows like that. It's, I mean, are three into each position. It's forty-five, obviously. Um, so you're talking about serious quality, but obviously the standout was uh, Joey Carberry. Yeah, it's, um, I think he has what thirty-seven, thirty-nine caps for Ireland, isn't it? And mm. uh, has contributed to all the big moments gone far, gone as far back as the first time Ireland beat New Zealand in Chicago um, he was central to that um, so yeah it's a it's a shattering blow for him no doubt about it but he has to reply you now and uh, he has plenty of time contrary to what people might think he just needs to I think make a little bit of improvements in his own game and the great thing about I think Joey Carberry is, is when he's humming um, he's in that kind of top class category Um it's probably a great opportunity for him to um, realise what his point of difference is. I thought he, was, I think he's an, a fantastic instinctive player, and maybe he's burdened down with structure. Maybe he needs to, I think, marry the best of his game with what the best of the coaches want out of him. Because he's a kid who, I think, from right, grew up playing in New Zealand and then moved to Ireland. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, so he has all that catch pass and. Um, excellent running lines and his ability to glide uh, very 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 athletic um, and I think he's better probably when he's allowed to play the game uh, freer uh, he seems to over the last number of years have become bogged down with structure and for me that's a perfect example of a, a, a non-structured player uh, trying to play a structured game he, he, I think he's brilliant loose that's his point mm. the difference for me he needs to just go express himself 
I presume a lot of that structure has obviously come from the coaches and a game plan, and he's trying to fit within that. Like, it's a hard position for him to be in when, obviously, Andy Farrell is the one making the call here, uh, uh, alongside Graham Rountree, obviously, at provincial level, and they're giving him a game plan, like a structure almost. And then uh, he feels maybe on some level that he's got to fit within that. And then, like you're saying, he does tend to play some of his, of his best rugby when he's playing that bit freer. How do you marry those things? Yeah, and it's about getting your message across as a coach to him too as well. I think where you create frameworks and structure is for guys um, that uh, aren't, uh, we'll say, athletic freaks who who can't or struggle um, to get the better of a one-on-one with a guy. So, um, for example, you know, I think for me, you have a great contrast in the fact that um, Ross Burns' game management is absolutely excellent because of the fact I think uh, he understands that Joey Carberry, for example, and and it's probably a head-to-head here, which uh, makes it even tastier in the fact that um, Joey Carberry's probably athletic ability is better than his. But what Ross Burns thinks he can do is he can manage the game and see the game quicker and put his team in a position better than Joey Carberry can. Joey Carberry, uh, for me probably doesn't need three options in the in the same system he needs two while when I used to play the game I was probably a more systems game manager kind of player than a, a guy with athletic ability so um, that for me is, is the key difference I think it's um, Joy's capacity is to stay in the moment and kind of can he just play instinctively as much as he can while me, Ross Byrne, would be kind of manipulating uh, the opponents by trying to think two or three phases ahead of where the play potentially could be, if you can follow me. Mm. You've, you've touched you on it. <laughs> no, no, which, which, <laughs> you touched on it, Ronan, in your, your examiner piece uh, column this morning, and almost on the, I guess, the, the brutality of sport, and you, you referenced John O'Gibbs losing his job this week as well, but I think when you're talking about Carberry, you're, you're saying like he needs to almost find a mirror and listen to the reply. Like, that, is that? I, I hear what you're saying. It's probably an opportunity. No, find, for, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, to explain that better. F- uh, f- uh, find a mirror. No, you because you want listening to the reply isn't the solution. You've got to speak openly and honestly to it because listening to it is. That's I'm experiencing that coaching at the minute. I, I've. I've tried to give my message to certain players in La Rochelle this week, especially I've gone onto the pitch for, for one-on-ones. Mm. But, um, but the conversation always ends with, uh, yes, but and if. But and ifs, there's no place for them at a top-level sport. And that's, uh, it's not a reflection on the player. It's a reflection on me that I haven't stimulated something in his thought process that he is seeing what my I'm trying to say. And it's, very simple yet very complicated and then after maybe 20 minutes the message uh, got uh, passed through but for the first 19 minutes it, it, it wasn't hitting the target that I wanted it to hit and it's um, it's exactly that when you when when you look into the mirror you have to uh, take the most difficult version out there it's me uh, 2000 Twickenham a zero out of five kicks. The easy thing to say is, or listening to the mirror is saying, um, 
oh, this will be, be okay. You, you, you get another chance to do it. But if you keep doing what you always did without making tweaks in your technique or in your mental capacity to perform, you'll end up with failure again. And that separates good from great. The fact is that I knew under pressure, be it having strength in my legs or having strength in my mind, that my technique wasn't up to performing in front of 80,000 people in Twickenham. But it was absolutely... Um, crushing trying to to deal with that because you have three months of not having a ball to kick and then you have to wait for first, first pre-season there isn't a game in pressure for other people in a in a pre-season friendly but for me it felt like going and playing another European Cup final because it's your first chance to get on the road to rehabilitation it's the same for Joey Carberry this week he's left out he's gone from second to fourth I'd say worst case scenario he probably thought he was going to be third but uh, sport changes very, very quickly, but it won't change unless um, players have the capacity and coaches have the capacity to um, to take messages out of out of the moments of disappointment. And you know, it's uh, it's worse as a coach because at least with players you have the support of the dressing room. When you're the coach, you have very few mates, and you know, and that's why I just referenced John O'Gibbs because. He he let me grow in my role in La Rochelle and then it ended up that I ended up taking uh, essentially the number one role when he was kind of targeted by Claremont to go there. And he had, I think, a, a very good plan that was probably uh, on its way to finding its feet. Yet injuries came into play and I suppose external forces. And then I think for John's sanity, he has to understand that he's in France and... and these things happen as opposed to probably other rugby environments there's a little bit more um, shall we say stability but it's changing and you could see that probably with uh, Eddie Jones's decision to for him to be removed um, it was trial by social media He's gone Ronan from uh, Joy Carberry like he wakes up this morning and he's gone from pretty much guaranteed number two with Ireland to number four at the minute uh, and you know his number two at Munster has leapfrogged him into the Ireland setup. he's probably looking at his provincial position and wondering um, sort of uh, exactly what sort of ground he's at with that and I'm sure he's having conversations with, Joy, uh, with uh, Graham Rowntree um, about all of that we'll see what the team select which way the team selection goes of course um, for Sunday but it's it feels like the most and he's had injuries and a, such a winding path obviously given w- coming from Leinster and down to Munster up to this point it feels like the most pivotal time uh, in the career now of Joey Carberry yeah like in that position you're taking off a lot of belts it's up to him now how he replies. He can control his attitude. He can tr- control his preparation. He can't control Crowley. He can't control Johnny Sexton. He can't control uh, Ross Byrne. But that's okay. I think he just makes a plan. He's got to understand that it won't be playing sailing, getting back to where he wants to go. But uh, I think with his capacity and talent, he has uh, there's a huge upside to him. And I think which probably comforts me a lot in this because it's a position that I enjoy and probably understand well. He has... Mike Prendergast there, who has uh, huge, I suppose, empathy for 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 players, and I think he'll use Jack Crowley and Joy Carberry to the best of their ability to uh, to get the best out of them. And don't forget, for Munster, it was Joy Carberry who was starting ten, so he's had, uh, you mean, a nice vote of confidence. Where a month or six weeks ago, it could have been, and we're talking about ruthless scenarios. The same for. Uh, Joy Carberry in Munster as it is at present for Keith Earls and Conor Murray where they're left out of the 23 
Yeah. So he hadn't that, you know. So mm. it's not. It's a it, it's a belt, but I think that this is the belt that's highlighted. But when you're involved in it, you understand that there's potential belts and disappointments, and uh, for every disappointment, there's an upside for another player. I guess the the comeback side of Joey Carberry's brain is fairly well trained as well, Ronan. Given all the injuries he's had to come back from as well, so in, in some ways, if there's if there's one player that that you would say can come back from a from a knock like this or a bruise to the ego, it probably is Joey Carberry. No, there's loads of other players, Shane. There's loads of other players that happens at this level. The further you go along and test rugby, the more knocks and question marks you get examined at a higher level you get uh, you know what I mean ripped uh, up and down and torn inside out by people by by everyone everyone has an opinion so whether you're in the squad or not in the squad uh, I mean, this has happened for so many players throughout the years it will continue to happen it's par for the course you've got to just uh, be extremely selfish in how you want to respond and and I'm, I'm confident he will respond. But are some players better at dealing with with those knockdowns than others? Like, say you're you're having a you know without naming names, you know you're you're meeting La, La Rochelle players and you're having to give bad news to some players. Are you thinking in your head, okay, he he's going to take this okay, but but he mightn't be be too great taking this news? Like, is it a very individualistic thing? Yeah, it is, of course. But also, there's different, I suppose, levels to it, and the fact that I'm dealing with club players, you're diff- dealing with test animals. They're mm. different. There's there's a reason they're test players because their fundamentals are strong. So mentally, a lot of test players are, are, are stronger than, than club players for a good reason. So I think, um, yeah, players are will have a have a process and they'll have a mental skills coach and they'll be able to, I suppose, um, air their dirty laundry was probably the word we use in our time and, and get everything off their chest. But once you get that off your chest, you can't continue to moan and grumble. you got to kind of see the opportunities and make a plan for it but I can guarantee you it won't be just all rosy now he's going to have to um, make a plan and and obviously what has changed is that um, he doesn't have momentum or he's not the incumbent in the team anymore so usually in that scenario um, you have to do probably 20 or 30% more than the guys that are are picked ahead of you but I think uh, his the growth in his game I think that window is is very evident that when he's humming he's very 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 interesting What uh, conversely obviously the other two lads Ross Byrne and Jack Crowley are uh, licking their chops and sure this morning and seeing that the path has suddenly opened up in front of them a little bit what's your sense of what the best mix of who's the best of those two to have as a replacement to Johnny Sexton if he's fit starting the Six Nations um, that's 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 an interesting question. I think if you're starting a game um, tomorrow, Ross Byrne, I just think that uh, um, he's improved dramatically, um, and that's a strong word. But I would think that's um, I think he warrants that. I think his core skills are underappreciated, and I think what is evident is in that position more so is the response he gets from his players. I think when he plays in blue or when Leinster play in blue or whether they play in blue or white, when the Leinster play, there's utmost trust in 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 um 
in Ross Byrne when he plays for Ireland and that's probably down to probably not getting a run of games as well um, that trust isn't there um, because it's it's harder to earn it I suppose against people that you're not uh, training with every day of the week but um, if Ross Byrne can transfer his Leinster form into an Irish form it's um, he's very very um, uh, shrewd at managing games um, I suppose where the the question marks arise are uh, just in terms of you have one guy who's world class at the other end of the spectrum in terms of um, managing a team and driving standards and then you have two other uh, is rookie rookies maybe it's probably too strong a word for, for driving a team at, at, at international level but this Six Nations it's uh, it's going to be imperative that uh, the num the the backup tens get uh, a lot of game time. I know you'd said in this show before, Ronan, that Jack Crowley was someone you'd you'd wanted to to get over to France to La Rochelle. Like, can we take from that then that people like Ross Byrne, you know, th- there's opportunities there for players like Ross Byrne potentially down the line to to make moves abroad as well. Is that something that you've kind of had in the back of your head as well? What are you trying to say? <laughs> you want me to sign Ross Burns this morning? Is it? <laughs> you don't have to sign him. You know we can we can get the we can get the the, the process started. I guess <laughs> there's like you're talking about the number one ranked team in the world. These are serious quality players. They're in there's there's huge demand for them. But Leinster are the most consistent team in Europe. Whatever the last number, ten years, and and they're looking to. Uh, drive the game to new standards and they want Ross Byrne central to that like, people are smart they're not going to be just just because um, you mean Ross Byrne is is playing uh, the backup role to Johnny Sexton it's, you need two in every position and, and Leinster are lucky to have both of them you mentioned earlier on just about Keith Earls and Conor Murray and about obviously not making the Munster cut and then and I'm sure there's a part of Joey Carberry this morning again that's waking up thinking how come these lads managed to get the cut uh, make the cut for Ireland and I'm, and I'm not there if it's based on form um, what's your sense of it's all very that? very simple yeah. very simple you, you establish relationship with players uh, what's I think not up for debate is that Conor Murray and Keith Earls have whatever 12-13 years of credit on big days that that counts if there's a, a final tomorrow or Six Nations Grand Slam Decider World Cup I and my um, makeup would be leaning towards giving the nod to experience as opposed to uh, a, a really exciting young player that may win you the game but may also lose you the game I think there's more of a chance that uh, Conor Murray Keith Earls would win you a game than lose you a game yeah, and he's got to strike that balance, obviously, between uh, the some of the younger players that are in there with not hundred no percent. Yeah, and that's the, that that's that's where there's Mandy Farrell is very skilled at doing and excellent at doing. You can't have six in that category for Earls and and Murray. You can have those two, but that's two of thirty-seven. But um, you know, I, mean, I think they're they're different uh, arguments for either of them mm. uh, and the fact that Keith Earls is just uh, coming back uh, and looking to find his form again but uh, I think has the capacity to, to start a test match for Ireland easily Conor Murray is uh, obviously playing uh, back up to you mean the mantle has shifted to Gibson Park and um, can't have much complaints about that but 
uh, in terms of, I suppose, looking to close out a game or finish a game. Um, I suppose Connor's capacity to see that game a little bit better than Craig Casey at the minute may be the reason why they're leaning that way. Just a final one for me, Ronan. You're writing again this morning about, uh, and it's fasc- fascinating, you know, dealing with disappointments in rugby, and you're talking about the Larachelle players who maybe you had to let go last year, possibly watching the Champions Cup final against Leinster and supporting Leinster at one point last year. And I think you talk about wanting New Zealand to beat Ireland in, in 2013. It was the only time you wanted your country to lose. So sport's a funny thing. Like, you, when you're let down and when you're disappointed, you take that with you. Um. Go on, explain that to me. You take what with you? Well, I guess, I guess the disappointment of of either being dropped from a squad or from finishing your career, you're left in a position where you're not necessarily supporting, depending on how it finished with the team or with the country, you're not necessarily supporting them in big games. It's so personal, I suppose. That's that's the thing. It's it, No one, especially when you're that player, no one sees it like you see it. And it was just... I suppose from whatever, 2000 to 2013, all I ever wanted to do was to uh, beat New Zealand, you know. But unfortunately, um, how they were painted to me, having spent time there, wasn't how I perceived them. So I obviously obviously put them on a pedestal that they didn't need to be put on. Uh, but that's what hindsight, I didn't have hindsight in the life. And I just remember, yeah, I was working for uh, RT at that game. And I just finished, I think, that summer, and this was the November International. So, I mean, I think those first 24 months when you're an ex-pro are, are very difficult. Uh, and then all, you just question everything you stand for is kind of, OK, first game, uh, probably second or third test match after you retire, and you just see, oh, these guys are going to are going to beat New Zealand and you've tried for 13 years to beat them and you're just like oh no that can't happen today don't let that happen come on I, mean, I stand for a little bit more than that but uh, it was good learning that day uh, after that um, I was um, I mean I'd be a liar to say if I, I wasn't uh, not happy but relieved when Ryan Crotty scored that try because a draw isn't the same as as a, as a loss you know I just didn't want Ireland to uh to beat New Zealand for the first time after I retired yeah it's very selfish but that's me that's Bort and that's you and uh, that is you good luck at the weekend uh, La Rochelle uh, try and keep rolling thanks a million cheers lads good to chat thank thanks, you OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 